Welcome to the Vivid Minds Podcast with your hosts, Sebastian Stockton and Kyle Alexander. Today we're discussing about cryptocurrency with our amazing guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Ksenia. I started a blog called Girl Meets Crypto, where I'm trying to simplify cryptocurrency and the world of decentralized finance. Pretty cool. So what is Bitcoin or cryptocurrency? So Bitcoin is the first cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency in general is a new form of money that is completely digital and uh, it has the potential to create a real revolution in the world of finance. So like hmm. for a couple of years, I feel like I've heard a lot about uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Yeah. But how long has it actually been around? It's been around for over a decade. So it was born through um, the forum uh, for people who were into libertarian economics and uh, basically protecting the right of freedom and right of privacy of information. So it was born in 2008. Um, but it started working more in like 2010, 2009. Mm-hmm. All right. So you, so you mean like, so, so you say like, uh, people just kind of like didn't recognize it and, and like, uh, in the past, but like, as soon as like 2010, it started like peaking up and like people started showing like a lot of interest into it and like Bitcoin just like kind of like started like rising up into the public eye. Yeah, for sure. Because initially it was, uh, I think the concept itself is mind-blowing and it sounds like something that might never work right because we're all used to money we're used to dollars used to pounds so money that are called fiat money and uh, Mm -hmm. basically i think people or the person who invented bitcoin they saw some flaws in fiat money and they saw some flaws in traditional financial system where we go through banks we go through different intermediaries we pay crazy fees and just we have all the issues in terms of global payments. So they've seen this issue basically before people asked for some kind of a new solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, because I heard some things saying that that was just a surname and that isn't really the person who created Bitcoin. And also on Google, though, it says that it is the creator. So It is a very interesting story because actually no one knows who it was. So initially, um, this person or maybe a group of people even, they appeared on um, the emailing list uh, where they send the idea and send the white paper of Bitcoin. Um, And actually, no one ever asked anything private from this person. And uh, he or she or them never revealed any information. So still, by today's date, no one knows who invented Bitcoin. And uh, there were different crazy guesses ranging from some people who were initially in conversations with uh, Satoshi Nakamoto to um, some Japanese person who was based in LA and uh, had the same name and surname. Um, And uh, even one of the guesses, one of the people who might be Satoshi is Elon Musk. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, so it's quite intriguing because actually no one knows. Yeah. What do you say? Yeah. So, sorry for interrupting. What's up? Oh no, it's fine, bro. I was just gonna like ask. Um, so do you think that it was a surname, or do you think like, because uh, you because like no none of us know who really made Bitcoin, but uh, do you personally think it's a surname that was used? Um, I don't know to be honest. I think if it was a surname, mm-hmm. it's something really genius because it's um 
you know, this person definitely wanted to hide his identity because one of the re yeah. reasons for creating Bitcoin was that um, it's impersonal, right? You can you can keep your privacy because none of the transactions, um, you don't have your name written on the transactions. It's just the numbers. Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. if it's a surname, it would be a genius trick because it's something so much on the surface that people probably will mm -hmm. never think that it's so simple. Yeah. So Bitcoin's open source, correct? Yeah. So could anybody just copy the system and create another? Um, they can. And this is what is going on with uh, altcoins because um, Bitcoin code was open source. So it's anyone can see the code, anyone can copy the code. And in this way, um, Bitcoin creator ensured that there will be no um, counterfeit in terms of double transactions. Um, mm -hmm. And also mm -hmm. because the whole network can work on Bitcoin. So the code can be, mm -hmm. and it was patched by the earlier community. So they found some flaws in it and they perfected the code. So basically okay. what is happening with altcoins, um, it's people who copied the Bitcoin code and uh, they try to put some new ideas on top of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I hear you uh, talk about like this uh, code and everything, mm -hmm. um, but uh, could you elaborate more on like how could people like use Bitcoin and like where can people access it, you know, like find it, like if they would like to purchase like a part of a Bitcoin or something? Uh, yeah, so if you want to purchase Bitcoin or any part of it because it's divisible, um, you can buy it either from the exchanges or you can open the Bitcoin wallet. And uh, for example, if someone wants to send you Bitcoin, they can send it directly from their wallet to your wallet. Because mm -hmm. what, um, what are some trustworthy uh, wallets you'd recommend for people to use? I think the best ones are Ledger and Trezor. So there are different types of wallets. Um, it's mm -hmm. quite complicated. It sounds quite complicated in terms of keeping and protecting your Bitcoins. Um, but there are some mm -hmm. wallets that leave on your phone as an app. Um, some wallets that are like a separate device that you order from a website and have it in real life. So this is like a hardware wallet. Yeah. So um, we talk about like the safest way to... Uh, you know, like a use Bitcoin or like get Bitcoin or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, uh, cause you know, there's scammers out there and everything. And I'm sure like uh, a lot of people are aware of that, but, uh, what would be some advice that you would like give to like, uh, help people like recognize like a Bitcoin scammer? I think usually, um, the, ru the rule is if it's too easy, it's too good to be true. So, oh, okay. you okay. know, some schemes like, um, especially now when, um, a lot of, famous people and people who have influence in the society are posting and tweeting a lot about Bitcoin and different cryptocurrencies. One of the schemes I've seen, it was like, um, I received this and that amount of money from this person. And now I'm trying to start a giveaway, just follow the link or something like, send me one Bitcoin and I will send you back five Bitcoins. So I think the general mm, rule okay. is that if you read it and you're just like, hmm, this is too generous. So probably it is, yeah. it is a scam. 
Yeah, I yeah. can definitely see that for sure. Um, would you say um, it's I, I would I would think that, uh, you know, since I don't really like know much about Bitcoin, I, w- mm-hmm. I would think that it'd be like a different process to like, uh, you know, like make payments and everything. But like, how difficult is it to make a payment through Bitcoin? It's not difficult. It's actually it might be even easier than paying with um, the normal ways, like the usual currencies oh, really? that we're used huh. to. Because basically one of the main things of Bitcoin is that the transaction is really fast. So let's say if um, I'm based in UK and you're based in US, we can transact on Bitcoin. We don't need to exchange currencies because it's the same Bitcoin anywhere. And uh, also the transaction will reach you much faster because I can send it, let's say at night, and it will reach you in a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if I was sending you money through the bank, I would have to wait for the next working day, then they will have to process it and we'll have to spend a couple of days waiting. Yeah. And I know a lot of people uh, hate that like, you have to like wait so much like during bank accounts and everything, you know, like for them to like transact yeah, the money sure. and send it over to you and everything. So this does sound like a easier and like quicker process that people would probably feel more, com- more comfortable with. Yeah, for sure. Would you... S- yeah, so like... Would you list any advantages of Bitcoin? Advantages. Um, I think Mm -hmm. the first advantage is that it's decentralized. So it means that there is no single person or no single entity or even the government that controls Bitcoin. So you get rid of the intermediary in uh, any of your transactions. So people uh, transact directly between each Mm -hmm. other. Um, And... uh, Initially, Bitcoin transactions had really low fees. Now we know with the mm-hmm. price rising and uh, all-time highs every day, now transactions are higher. But still, with um, other types of crypto, you can transact basically for no fee or relatively small fee. Um, then, so the second trans- uh, the second advantage that I mentioned already is uh, the proof of counterfeit. So it's impossible to um, create something like double spending um, because of the blockchain and because of the nature of the code, because it's open source and it's maintained by the whole network. So uh, would there be any any disadvantages, you think? Disadvantages? Um, I think the more adoption there is, the higher is the price. So with a high price come high charges for transactions and the transaction speed is also is perfected in some other cryptocurrencies but i think now with the emergence of different types of crypto and different altcoins um it's more like bitcoin is viewed like um the store value and other cryptos are like the means of exchange So where are people the most at risk using cryptocurrency? Like, you know, on your credit card, we all have we all have our PIN numbers and stuff for our bank accounts. Where are people at risk using uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin uh, with, to get stolen from? With cryptocurrencies, it's uh, definitely from the wallets. So when you get the crypto wallet, you have uh, the set of keys. You have the public key that you use to receive money and you can share this key. And you have your private key that you use just to send money. And uh, if someone else has your private key, they can technically take out anything that you have on your wallet. 
So this is one main drawback. And uh, also in terms of exchanges, because currently um, a lot of exchanges are centralized. So they belong to a certain company. Um, so potentially there were some cases in Bitcoin history when uh, there were issues with the management of exchanges and uh, people just lost money because exchanges stole the money and ran away. Oh, okay. That, that, that's actually super interesting. So uh, when you say like steal the money and run away, you mean like they're able to like, uh, would you say like they're able to like hack into like the, uh, the coding or something and then just like take it and just run with it? Um, yeah, I think the most famous story about this is uh, the story of um, one of the biggest exchanges in Bitcoin history. It was called MT Gox, mm-hmm. if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Um, so this exchange had some issues with the management. Uh, the management team didn't see that um, there were some people taking the money out. And uh, this flaw was going on for about a year. So they lost quite a lot of money of their users. And uh, at the end, they could not refund this money because they just didn't have them. So is this an issue with like the wallet, though, the wallet company, not the Bitcoin? Um, it's the issue with the exchange. Yeah, and not the Bitcoin itself, because the Bitcoin code itself, mm-hmm. um, what is, I think, why it became so interesting and why it, it might be revolutionary, because during these 12 years, there were no cases when Bitcoin code was uh, found faulty. Mm-hmm. Um, like a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago, there were the news that there was a double spending, so like double transaction on the Bitcoin blockchain. But then it turned out that this was just fake news. So in the future, where do you see uh, Bitcoin and with all these other cryptocurrencies, uh, which one do you think will rank on top in the end? I think it's going to be definitely still Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum because Bitcoin is viewed more as the hedge against inflation. And especially uh, with the news from this week, when um, companies like MicroStrategy are creating the conferences to educate other huge corporations on the value of Bitcoin and uh, making statements Mm -hmm. like Bitcoin is going to be the new gold. So I think Bitcoin is going to be here to stay. And uh, Ethereum is basically the base for any decentralized finance project. Hmm. So this is like the beginning of a new industry. Yeah. So I heard you uh, mention Ethereum. That's another uh, example of cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. 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 So this is like the first altcoin. Okay. The biggest. Yeah. Um, So like, uh, what are some other examples of cryptocurrency? Oh, there's so many. Um, there are actually, I think there's over 3,000 cryptocurrencies. Damn, that's a lot. If not, if, if not even more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, uh, which which ones, uh, you know, because I, I know there's, uh, I think I've seen a few. I just can't really remember the names. But uh, which would you like recommend to a, uh, like a newcomer? Uh, it's like, just, just, just come across cryptocurrency. And it's like, okay. Uh, which one should I like get into first? Like, which would which one would you recommend or prefer? It's a really good question because um, I think it's quite tricky with uh, different new cryptos because there are a lot of projects that have really good fundamental values, so have really good idea, the team behind them, 
And obviously there are some projects that are just go into balloon at some point and then they will hugely dump. And for example, in a year or two, they will not exist in the market. But I think in terms of investing, it's really personal and it depends on um, your risk to safety ratio, let's say like this. So um, I think what is in top 10 now is definitely gonna get more adoption just because people hear about this project more. But there are some other really interesting projects that are now ranking in top 100, let's say, and they're definitely going to be higher. So whenever uh, we hear the term Bitcoin mining, what does that actually mean is going on? So this is the process of creating um, a Bitcoin. Basically, it works in the following way. Um, Bitcoin's underlying technology is called blockchain. So this is the method of um, keeping and managing, keeping the record and managing transactions. And um, in simple terms, it's like if you have a list and you write down all the transactions on it, at some point you run out of space on the list. So this list becomes mm -hmm. kind of closed and uh, now it is called a block. So this block is linked to other blocks of transaction. Okay. So how hard is it to do this? Could we do this like at home or is this really advanced? Um, That's a good question. Yeah, that's a really good question because I think especially in social media now, there are so many accounts who are saying that start mining Bitcoin and become the millionaire. Um, so mm. there are different ways of Bitcoin mining because um, to add the block, so to mine the Bitcoin, um, you have to solve different, quite difficult, uh, not quite, very difficult mathematical equations. And this is done through the computer. So people who mine Bitcoin professionally mm -hmm. and uh, have proper facilities, um, they have special types of computers that have a lot of power to um, solve these equations. So they work nonstop and they um, have to consume a lot of electricity. But also you can mine mm -hmm. Bitcoin, for example, on your phone. And there are some apps that allow you to do this. Um, but it's going to be some really small amount of Bitcoin. Like, let's say, for the current prices, you will get something like $32 per month. In 100 years, where do you see cryptocurrency playing a uh, role in our world? That's a really interesting question. Um, I think a lot, a lot on the cryptocurrency sphere depends on how well people are educated on that. Because currently... Um, when when I started learning about crypto, I thought that it's such a difficult industry and people, a lot of people don't know about it. And that's why there is so many, mm -hmm. um, so many fake news. There are so many, many people who enter the market, who start buying things, they buy high, they sell low, and then they say that crypto industry is a scam. So I think in terms mm -hmm. of um, yeah. where the industry is going, there are two important factors. One is how well people will be educated. Will they see this as real projects and not just, you know, like a pure gamble? And uh, yeah. the second thing is uh, corporations adopting Bitcoin, adopting Ethereum, and just generally maybe even governments giving their okay to the whole industry. Because still now 
it's not regulated mm-hmm. and uh, we can hear a lot of news from different countries like they're planning to ban it they're planning to keep an eye on crypto or something like this mm-hmm. so a lot of people have a, a stigma around cryptocurrency i think because if you look online a lot of uh like back dealer websites and stuff and even the black market uses bitcoin for their transactions uh what would you say to like put people at ease kind of using it uh if they're you know kind of worried about that um that uh its use is being it's being used for criminal activity i think it's um it's used for criminal activities much less than let's say cash cash dollars Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's not completely anonymous. So if you know exactly what was the amount of transaction, and uh, if you have some information about people who were doing the transaction, you can potentially trace it back uh, when in terms of cash in, um, in the situation with people paying for some criminal activities with cash, you have completely no trace for it. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's actually unsmart that they're doing this. It's a, it's it seems smart because it's like, a lot of people may think it's untraceable, but it's not. It's really open. Um, I wouldn't say it's super easy to trace it, but let's say if governments, um, okay, would be willing to trace it, they could. I think a lot of stigma mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Bitcoin being involved in different illegal transactions is coming from the earlier story with um, the company called Silk Road that was like one of the stages for bigger adoption. Um, You probably know the story about the guy who opened the online Amazon for drugs. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) did did you hear about that? Uh, No, I'm actually not familiar with that story. I have. Um, so it was in the earlier days of Bitcoin, when Bitcoin was maybe a couple of years old, um, one guy decided to sell, I think it was mushrooms or some something else. So he just decided to sell it and uh, he used um, the special program that could close his API address. So it was untraceable where he's based and he used Bitcoin so people could transact with it freely. And um, it worked for a couple of years and it turned out to be a huge project. Basically, people could order anything they wanted, anything that they couldn't buy on the legal markets, like um, fake IDs or drugs or anything else that they just wanted to cover and not to keep these Mm -hmm. transactions open. And they've been using the Bitcoin. Um, But I was just reading a book recently where a lot of... um, early adopters of Bitcoin were saying that this was really damaging for the reputation and the more people in the community were unhappy with this than the happy customers. Yeah, man, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't familiar with that story. That, that's actually, that's actually super interesting. And I like, I didn't like know anything about that, but that's actually like, damn, I have to like uh, research more about that. But uh, I wanted to ask, how is Bitcoin broken down? Broken down? You mean, can yeah. it be divisible? Yeah, well, like, basically to uh, elaborate what I mean is like, you, so like, you know how like a, uh, the USD can be broken down into 100 pennies. Um, how is like a uh, Bitcoin like broken down? Is it like, uh, you know, 
Yeah, it's the same system. It's uh, really easily divisible. And um, if I'm not mistaken, it's 21 million Satoshis in one Bitcoin. Oh, oh wait, you said 21 million in like one Bitcoin? Yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken Damn, with a number a of millions. Whoa, wow. <laughs> yeah, shit. So in relation to the U.S. dollar, how much does Bitcoin uh, cost right now? Um, right now, it's somewhere between 36 and $37,000. For okay. one Bitcoin? Yeah. Yeah, Damn, that's, that's, that's why it's really <laughs> smart that it was divisible, because I think not so uh, many people know about this, especially the newcomers who say that they want mm -hmm. to buy Bitcoin, but they think it's too expensive to buy now because they cannot mm -hmm. buy a whole Bitcoin. Yeah. Do you expect the uh, price to like raise up in the next couple of years? I think it definitely will. It's probably going to rise because now we're in the bull cycle. So every mm -hmm. more or less every four years, there is the rise of all the prices in crypto market as it was historically. So now we are in bull market because the price has already risen to, I think it's at least four times. Um, so definitely it's going to go up, but no one knows when it's going to be the blow off top. So when it's going to start falling. I think it's so just crazy and unimaginable how uh, interesting in cryptocurrency is and how smart the creator of Bitcoin was because he, he put so many dynamics of different parts of like the idea of economy and setting up for like inflation with this in the future without him having to even be able to exactly. control it so tell us a little bit about how um like you can't we won't be able to mine a certain amount till a certain like 2041 yeah right? so the code was created in such a way that um that bitcoin will be deflationary so in this case it can be used against inflation because um the issue was that governments can print any amount of fiat currency because it's not backed up by anything. Um, but Bitcoin, mm -hmm. yeah. there will be just 21 million of Bitcoins. So currently we have something like over 18 and a half million Bitcoins mined. And that's why also the price is going gonna, is gonna to rise because there will be a lot of demand potentially and uh, the supply is mm -hmm. going to be always fixed. Wow, so people really like should like really start their investment soon, huh? Um, I think so because now mm -hmm. if you start following crypto, it sounds like everyone is in there. But then yeah. I just um, I was interested and I started reading some statistics, and apparently it's something like just a couple of percents of world's population that are using crypto and that have crypto. So yeah. it's the very early stage. So it's still not too late for people to get in on this. No, it's definitely not too late. Profit. I think it's just uh, it's the industry in the very beginning, especially with all the projects around um, Ethereum, around decentralized finance. And there are still a lot of projects that are really cheap and that will cost much more in a couple of years. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. We had an amazing time talking to you. It was it was interesting to uh, hear like all this information about cryptocurrency. Thank you very much for inviting. My pleasure. Of course, anytime. We had so much fun.
And thank you all for tuning in and listening. We appreciate you guys so much. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and check out our other platforms as well. We would appreciate the feedback. We would love to hear from you guys. Until the next one, peace and love. Thank you.